Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall, joined once again by Andrew and a famous face from the fantasy show, Byron. Um, lots of NFL talk to talk about. It has got bloody cold here in the UK, so it is now officially winter season and we've got Thanksgiving coming up this week, which we'll be talking about, which we definitely have a tradition of doing a lot for um, so we'll talk about that later on. However, Viva La Mexico, NFL hit Mexico this weekend. It was a late game last night. The San Francisco 49ers traveling down to Mexico City against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I say that very confidently. It was in Mexico City, right? I'm not like, <laughs> I've not made that up, I'm pretty sure. Um, a dominant display from the San Francisco 49ers beating the cards 38 to 10. 49ers, a very heavily supported team in Mexico. Um, obviously, a lot of. Um, Hispanic people in the in the California region, I suppose, in the Arizona region as well, because Arizona have been to Mexico a few times now. Um, a, a big weekend of NFL football. Uh, like me and Adam predicted, the six o'clock games, a little bit lackluster in some parts, but some excited moments in there. It was more of a later game, so I had a bit more to show for it. But really, we've got to start off with the Mexico game, Andrew. The 49ers putting on a dominant performance in the rain. Uh, just watch the highlights now. 49ers looking very impressive. I made a bold statement a couple of, yeah. a couple of weeks ago on another pod that they could be an NFC Championship caliber team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just the inclusion of uh, Christian McCaffrey into that team definitely just makes them look so much better. I mean, he's not involved massively like as a game changer for them, but just, just the addition of him just just makes them look that complete team. I think everyone, the, the pieces seem to be coming together for them um, and they've seemed to have hit their streak at the right time. I mean, Thanksgiving is always a, a good time of the year to be looking your best. And uh, yeah, I think they can push on. I mean, they've got a, still got a tough task because they didn't have a great start to the season, but uh, they definitely look good enough and strong enough to be uh, the contenders to be the, the top team in the NFC. It truly was borrowing backup against backup because we all forget that Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup quarterback for the for the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Sorry, no Kyler Murray in this game. So we had a Colt McCoy and then later on, Trace McSorley came in. Um, I know it wasn't against the starting quarterback, but the 49ers, they, they look quite convincing no matter who they put at that quarterback position, right? I mean, the playmaking was just sensational at times. Yeah, it's 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 one of them. With with the addition of McCaffrey, it's just one one more thing for defensive coordinators to lose sleep over. How 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 do you how do you comfortably take him out of the game whilst leaving people like Debo Samuel, no, not leaving people like Debo Samuel to to sort of you know carve up your secondary? It's it's one of them. It was probably one of the best trades we've seen. They may have given up quite a lot, but. You know, it's it's one of those. How do you stop that offense when you know you're going to have nightmares with with the pace that they have on that offense? It's something that no one seems to have figured out how to do yet. Andrew, the Cardinal team we've lauded a lot on this podcast before, and then have been very bitterly disappointed in, and haven't watched the highlights. And I mean, I'm not taking away from the 49ers offense. There are some cracking players on that team: McCaffrey, Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, getting a, 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 a two touchdowns as well. But the Cardinals' defense at times, I mean, they just let that that one significant play with Kittle is the one that stands out a lot. And obviously, the Debo sort of swing pass as well, but he does that to so many teams. His Cardinals' defense at times just didn't look like they were there to play. 
Yeah, I mean, we said this last year, didn't we? We said they, they brought in a lot of older players. They've got a lot of veterans. Um, we said they look strong at the start of seasons, but they tail off later on. Uh, and I think uh, in the off-season, we had a lot of uh, the Cardinals defenders coming out and being ha- unhappy with how uh, the team was progressing and wanting out. And that's just now reiterating it again that it, it's it's on the... that. Uh, franchise is on the decline a little bit. It's it's not pushing forward like the 49ers have, have seen what they've got and gone, let's go all in. I think the Cardinals missed the window uh, with some of the bigger names that they had in the past. And uh, they're, they're always going to be one of those teams that's going to hover around a rebuild because it's not full rebuild because they've got some absolutely fantastic pieces. It's just now filling the holes for them because it, it's not going to work for them the way they're going with, with the veterans. And later on down the year, they don't look great, so uh, yeah, they need to they need to see what the contingency plan is to to last seventeen games. And Andrew, I, I only go back to you because I you are someone who has not exactly spoke highly of Kyler Murray at times. <laughs> Hindsight, Kyler plays maybe a few more points on the board. But let's play the fantasy imaginary world. If Kyler played and this result was still the same. Do you think there's there's some whispers in Arizona of we need to not maybe move off Kyler, but something needs to change here? Because even with Kyler playing, they've not looked convincing at times. They have had injuries, I will admit, um, with Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown going on to IR. They also cut Eno Benjamin, which was like a all of us said, why they cut, why did they cut Eno Benjamin? He looked pretty good there. But is there a bit of panic in Arizona now about what the solution is to fix the, the, the Cardinal problem? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's got there's got to be question marks hovering over uh, the head coach as well as the quarterback. You I mean he hasn't got it done? Uh, Kingsbury hasn't got it done at all in any of his seasons, and his record since um, after they went what did they, was it? Did they start seven and zero last year? Was it? Was it? it was, yeah, it was seven or eight. I can't remember. And then yeah. and then if you look at it from that to now, mm-hmm. his records not good so he's not managed to progress this team or move it forward so there's got to be question marks on his head as well because although i've not spoke highly of kyla marie although i've not said like you know i think he's i think he's overhyped the the short of it is he's still a good quarterback he's not a bad quarterback he's very talented and they've got to play to his strengths any team needs to play to the strengths of their players and he's got a good basis so my issue would be if you got rid of him, what would improve that position? Who could you bring in that would be instantly better? Um, and I struggle with with that concept slightly um, because he is talented. It's just building a playbook around his strengths. So I would I would say if you did get rid of him, what's the solution? What's better? What who who would who would make an instant impact to improve on top of what he's already doing. And I would struggle at saying who would that be and how much would that cost? So I think you stick with with Kyler and, and try and get the best out of him still because he has the talent. You just need to home in on it and, and play to his strengths. Can't teach height though, can you? No. <laughs> you can, uh, can adapt. I don't Ryan, think signing a full offensive line for full of- five foot eight lineman is going to be the best option for them. <laughs> <laughs> it would look like uh snow white and seven dwarves back there wouldn't he um 
49ers now, I did mention it before. I said they could be an NFC Championship caliber team. They're top of their division, unbeaten in their division as well. Four and oh, six and four. Okay, Seahawks are six and four as well. Not it wasn't the Seahawks we thought they'd be competing against in this division. It was the Rams, everyone thought. I mean, the, the cards are only four and seven. The Rams are three and seven. The 49 Seattle are going to battle them, but can you see this being a, a, a division that is fought to the last day of the season between the 49ers and Seahawks, unless there is a late, late resurgence from the Rams and the Cards? What was that? Was that to me or to that? That was to that was to Byron, but there seems to be a camera mishap just for one moment. <laughs> Sorry, yes, there was. <laughs> Please repeat the end of that question, Fred. So do you think that the 49ers and Seahawks will be competing till the end of the season for these two positions pending that the Cardinals and Rams don't make a sort of a last gasp for it? Yes. And yes and no. The 49ers definitely look like more of a complete team uh, only because I personally have more trust in Trey Lance and, well, Jimmy G um, than I do Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith has looked good, but then you, you've seen at the same time how he's how he's looked He's shown why he has been a backup. You know, even if it's just for a quarter and a half or or a, or a half in, in individual games, um, I do think it's one of those. I think the bubble will burst for for Seattle, um, and I, I don't see that with Forty Niners. I, I think they are they are they are a complete team. Um, I I think they'll take that division quite comfortably from here on out. And then when it comes to the playoffs, it's anyone's game, I suppose. Um, one thing we don't probably hear about pending the, is the um, it's only the next day. And also as well, the fact that it's the, across the other side of the world for us, if we're going to go to Mexico, we might as well go to America, really, if you're going to watch American football anyway. With, with Munich just happening last weekend, and we heard so much about how incredible that was, Andrew, and how the atmosphere was amazing. A lot of people say better atmosphere than London. I mean, we all said <laughs> maybe we'd sack off the, the London games to give Munich a go because it'd be a fun trip. Um, not that we're probably going to sack off London games to get to Mexico. I think that might be just a little bit out of our reach. But we've, we've, we've seen the expansion this year, NFL London being very successful. NFL Munich debuted there, very successful as well. Mexico has been, for a few years... The, the, the place outside of the US for American football to begin with before London sort of has got bigger. Um, but we don't hear enough about it, I suppose, because, uh, you know, how many of us do go to Mexico? How many, you know, there's not really any NFL UK people that do go there for that game. But but moving forward for NFL in general and their expansion, is Mexico going to be a key part of that, do you think, going forward? There's always talk here of more games in London, more games in Munich. And we all really forget about Mexico because really, we don't know anyone who's been there to experience it, but do you think they're going to be a key piece moving forward? Yeah, I think any of the surrounding countries of uh, of the United States is always going to be a key piece to growing it. I think Canada would be a, a good one. Mexico, definitely. I think when you you listen to Carl Shanahan about his experience there, about it's one of the greatest experiences that he's ever had, um, that's definitely got an impact. And the progression in that country to bring players through as well is... Um, has got to be given the chance and the opportunity uh, as well with it being so close. So I think the expansion into as many countries as possible it, it is fantastic for the sport and is only going to encourage uh, an influx of international players to, to want to take it up and progress. And, uh, and I think that's fantastic uh, for, for growth uh, in general. So, um, yeah, who, who wouldn't want that to be a bigger part of uh, the American football and the NFL growing? 
And do you think, Byron, we always talk about it sort of spreading around Europe and even looking at new places for the NFL to go more internationally. Do you think South America is an option uh, in terms of not just Mexico, maybe even Brazil? Um, or do you yeah. it, 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 that's just a conversation that I've never heard, but do you think that is an option that the NFL may look into? Yeah, I mean, it would be smart to, obviously, with with Mexico, you know, it's right, it's right on the border. You know, it's, it's a lot easier. I, I don't know whether personally Mexico will have more than one game a year just because it's if you are an NFL fan and you, you live in Mexico it's what two two hour flight um mm. depending on where you are um <clears throat> I feel like f- further afield in South America um and even even into Asia um for, mm. for an expansion is probably probably the best way to go if you're looking at adding more international games just because it's so much more difficult for people in those parts of the world to get two games like us you know, it's seven hours minimum to get over to the States uh, to watch a game. So I, I, I think they'd be probably better for four countries, bigger countries like, like Brazil and, and Argentina um, and, and places like that to, to to have those games as opposed to more in Mexico, to be honest. And if, I, I don't know if our reach is this far, <laughs> if there's anyone in Mexico who went to the Mexican game, um, who went to the, the 49ers Cardinals game last night, shout us in the comments when this video comes out on any of our platforms. We'd love to hear like what the experience is like, what the game day is is like. I know it was in the rain, so it was a bit of a, you know, not that fun being outside, but was it quite humid? You know, George Kittle seemed to have a wonderful time in his, um, in his Lucha Libre mask, which, you know, Kittle has. Kill has a bundle of fun wherever he goes. I'm sure he's going to have even more fun when he gets a couple of touchdowns as well. Uh, so let's talk about the games. I mean, uh, Sunday, uh, me and Adam said there were going to be a couple of dud games. I mean, there was some excitement. Um, a very close game between the Eagles and Colts. Eagles just winning that only only marginally. The Falcons and Bears game going down to the wire. The Ravens and Panthers game was dud for a long, long stretch. Three all for a long part, but the Ravens win that 13-3. The Jets Patriots, three all until the last play of the game and a punt return. They won 10-3. That was a a wild ending to that story. Um, And, of course, the the Lions beating the Giants as well, Andrew, which obviously you probably don't want to ponder on that too much, 31-18, which is a big upset um, in them early games. Going to the later games, the Raiders beating the Broncos, with, with the Broncos just looking so sorry for themselves at the minute and the Cowboys dominating the Vikings giving the Vikings beating the Bills the other weekend and we thought we could really go to Dallas and well that Dallas could come to them and give them a competitive game that just did not happen uh, only three points in the Chiefs Chargers game lots of quarterback play Andrew um, I know you've got some quarterbacks you'd like to talk about from this weekend I take it it's going to be who we're impressed with and who we were not so impressed with maybe one of them is uh, someone I'm not really impressed with, and I just wanted to get the take on uh, a couple of guys. Now now we're at sort of that period where it's getting time to, if you're not going to qualify for the playoffs, should you look to next year? I think this is now when you start looking to what's the contingency plan for next year. Uh, and those guys for me were what you're doing in the New York Jets, because yet again, we didn't see a great performance from Zach Wilson. And for me, we're not really seeing any accountability from him for the fact that that team isn't good when he's in it. Because when Joe Flacco was in, we've said it loads on here, when Joe Flacco was in there, the 
wide receivers looked better. I know they've lost Brees Hall, but they started off the season with Michael Carter and they eased Brees Hall into it. So you can't blame it on that. The the defense is playing well um, and it's keeping them in game. So when is the time to, you know, even Robert Salah, you can see that he's made progression with this team. This team, he's working well with individuals and this team looks like it's moving forward. Um, so for me, I was yet again saying uh, Zach Wilson for me. What he only completed nine passes. Um, so is now the time to start looking at whether you want to replace him, uh, whether you want to look to the draft again, whether you want to bring uh, a different quarterback in now uh, because they're still in the in the in the running to to qualify for the playoffs. So. Uh, now, now for me is the time to look at this franchise and say, if we realistically want to make a push for the playoffs this year, do we go in on him? Because if you lost the season and there was nothing to play for, you could go, let's give him the rest of the year. Hmm. But do you, what's your guys' take on, uh, are you in on Zach Wilson? Do you think he's the problem at the, the Jets? And would you look at a contingency plan for the future to move off of him? I'll let you start, Byron, if you like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit difficult because they they have played well in not him personally, as such. Um, but I feel I feel like they're not in sort of win now mode yet. Yes, you may he hasn't been playing well. Um, you may be starting to put the feelers out in front of the quarterback. I'm not sure who they, who they'd pick up who's already in the league. If I'm totally honest, um, because. From what we've seen this season, the sort of veterans of this league aren't performing anywhere near as well as they have done previously. Um, and I, I don't watch too much college football. So, you know, whoever's coming up in the next year and, and the year after, I'm not too sure. Um, but the, I wouldn't say they're in win-now mode at all. Um, you look at the last two seasons, um, you know, they've been, they've had, they have two, did they have two top 10 picks this year? Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you look at that. You know they are still still rebuilding. Um, I personally would give them to the end of the year because, like I say, they still have a lot of young players. Next year they will have players still on their rookie contracts. They don't have to make big cuts. They haven't got mm -hmm. any um, high profile names who they who they need to cut players for to be able to fit their contracts in. Um, that said, I'm not impressed with Zach Wilson. That's not me endorsing <laughs> him staying at all. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're in win now. I, I think they should stick until the end of the year with him. See where it takes them. I, I agree with Byron. I think they should stick with him um, because if you stick... They, they, well, <laughs> spill this from the top and break it down a little bit. You stick with him and you get the playoffs with him, you could go, we're a quarterback away because our defence is really good. Our offensive weapons are, are very good as well. Garrett Wilson's really performed. I like Elijah Moore. Um, Denzel Mims has shown flashes this year, finally. Tyler Conklin, I think, is a, is a decent tight end. Brees Hall, obviously, annoying, but he's injured this year, but he's going to come back next year and he's, he's a heck of running back. He showed real great um, ball skills and play before he got injured. You've, you've got in James Robinson. Um, sorry, no, you didn't get in Joe. Yeah. Yeah, got in James Robinson and you've got yeah. Michael Carter. You've got then three running backs. You could trade one of them running backs is going to get traded away next year. I, I think he or they're going to get cut at some point. I think they're going to get traded personally. 
because you don't need all three of that talent on there. You're at, at the minute, season's end today, you're drafting at 18. Andrew is obviously the college quarterback guy. I have a, a base knowledge, and I know that this this college class for quarterbacks is very good. Is 18, if it ended today, good enough to get yourself someone better than Zach Wilson? Maybe, maybe in this draft, because it is meant to be loaded with quarterbacks. But from what we've seen in the past, the Jets are not afraid to move. They're not afraid to move up. This is the first year that they haven't got the Seattle pick to be able because the, the Seattle pick, if they had it, would be. I mean, they haven't. Well, Seattle get their pick to. Um, well, where where is Seattle's pick? Where's Seattle's pick? Seattle are currently twenty one. So even if they had their pick this year, it'd be twenty one and eighteen. You could package that and move up. But the, the Jets are not afraid to move up if they need to and to, and to play with that. And I think justifiably so, because you can get to the end of the season and go, we got to the playoffs or we just missed out on the playoffs because of bad quarterback play. Because I think their defence is mustard. I, I really like this defence. I think mm. Salah's really shown it. And the, and the, the picks have been great. Source Garden has proven great. Their D-line's been good. It's never been a problem. It's been everything else. And they've now picked it up and they've built it, like Byron said, with, with guys on rookie contracts. You could also go to the offseason and do a big signing. That definitely could be a case as well. You could do what Denver did and and, and and give away some picks for a veteran quarterback. It's not particularly worked. We've seen this year. So that could maybe put them off. But if I'm looking at, I mean, the problem is how far can you get before before there's teams that don't need a quarterback and that don't want to move? The, the top 10 at the minute is Houston, need a quarterback, arguably. However, I like Davis Mills. Carolina, need a quarterback. Chicago, don't need a quarterback. You could definitely easily look at Chicago, maybe. Raiders, let's see what they're doing with it. However, there's a pass rusher who's really good who could go in that top five. Seattle, need a quarterback. Geno Smith is not the answer. The Lions, need a quarterback. Texans, again, pick at seven. So one of them picks, they could easily move down. Pittsburgh, not in the market for a quarterback, I don't think, but definitely need a, the, the best O-lineman in this draft. Jacksonville, not in the quarterback market and maybe not in a top 10 player market either. I, I don't think they're a team is that bad at all. And if you can move, they, they could move down to the Jets at nine, then get a, a quarterback better than Zach Wilson. I, I think so. Maybe in this draft, I think so. And then at 10 is the Eagles. Again, don't need a quarterback. The Eagles and Jacksonville, the Eagles maybe more so because we know what Philly are like in their movement within drafts. I, I if, if you get if you get to the offseason and you shop that pick and no one's taking bites, I think you then you then look at what you have on free agency and maybe trading for a quarterback. But so I, I think you try and get that traded before draft night. I think because it's it, it's they need to do it. They are they are so obviously a quarterback away. Their O line's decent when healthy. It's never healthy, unfortunately, but there's got to be one year it's going to be healthy. Their offensive weapons are good. Their running backs are stacked. Their defense are playing at a really, really high level and will only strengthen if they because they have the money. So they'll lose players this year and they'll be able, you know, in off season and they'll do some trades or make some cuts. They'll have the money again. I, I I don't know what their salary cap is, but you can imagine it's high considering they're not paying anyone big salary. Although I believe Mackay Beckton, I think they they end up giving a big contract up to, but or maybe his contracts up this year. I think Jets are in a really really interesting position about what they do with their team moving forward, but their future is definitely not Zach Wilson. 
So if it's not, why leave him in there? Because why, because why I, I, I think you I think you that there is no at this point there is there at this point if you lose a load of games your draft stock goes up and you show that you're a decent team. If you keep them in there and you win more games, you prove you're only a quarterback away. And like Byron said, I think on the market there's nothing. What is there? Cam Newton. I mean, if I was if I was being sensible and I was looking at it. This would facilitate well for two teams. I'd go for Derek Carr. That's a rare, very interesting play. Because yeah. I think Raiders need to move off of Derek Carr and hit reset mode completely. Mm. Um, and I think he's going to be the fall guy for that team. Someone's got to fall on the sword, and I think mm. they might they might want uh, Derek Carter fall on the sword. Because... Hasn't Mike Davis also come out and said that he's completely behind Josh McDaniels? Not that that means anything. Yes, he has. Um, he said he's completely on McDaniels. And if you're if you're in on him and you want to give him a year and you want to let him show what he can do with his team, mm. then you've got to give him a chance to, to play with his team. And maybe you just get rid of Derek Carr. Maybe you bring in one of the, the big names from college. They're going to have to pick... But enough aren't they so but you do do you do vegas do that now oh well, they, they need to do they need to do it before the super bowl <laughs> so that but you, can't, but you can't trade anyone now the trade deadline's done isn't it so then it'll be the off season so then you can do that. yeah oh, wait do, do, does the trade open you can you can like line it up line right? it up yeah you can't go through you could literally um, the day day one of the trade debt trade opening trade the trade Dead, not deadline, but the reopening of the trade window. You could go Derek Carr there. The problem is Vegas really, in the position they're in now, really could have done with trading him away earlier and probably got maybe the number one pick. Yeah. But at four, they're currently at four. So they could get a quarterback at four. I, I just, I, yeah. I, I, it's that, that is not a move I've, I even thought about. To be honest with you, you make a really interesting point. It's just, do the Jets want to take on his contract or do they want to get younger or do they want to win now? I think I think they're setting themselves up for the future and a new quarterback could be just that. Yeah, but you, 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 if they... Let's say they, you know, decide they want to draft him round one and go for another quarterback at 18 or whatever they are. Mm. Let's say the likes of... I don't know who's going to be there, maybe... Hendon Hooker might be there at that period because people aren't hot and him being an NFL quarterback. Mm. I love Hooker. I think he's fantastic. But you could have a similar scenario again where you could you not draft him one of the top two big guys? Mm. It could be a bit of a reach and you could be in the same situation that the Jets are in every year where they mm. get the quarterback wrong and haven't got it right since like 2008. Mm. So, <laughs> and then when and when you look at recent drafts and you go, Ravens taking Lamar Jackson at thirty-two, you go like, well, maybe we don't need to move because, like you said, Hendon Hooker, people say not isn't NFL ready quarterback. He's had an ACL tear that puts people off. They could sit at eighteen and get Hendon Hooker, and Hendon Hooker might be incredible for them. Yeah. But you know, getting Derek Carr, you've got a great defense. Carr's not had that in in Vegas or in Oakland when they were in Oakland, and. Has had the best, but has had amazing weapons around him at times. I, I grant, granted, you are putting an NFL ready quarterback, aren't you? And you're making that push. But when you've got Josh Allen in your division, Mac Jones, however you feel about him in the division, Tua in the division, 
do you go well we go younger for the extended period because we're coming up against these quarterbacks for the extended period or do you go we can we could pick patriots here because mac jones isn't incredible josh allen is only getting older and there has been cracks this year consider i mean byron you can maybe testify to that i'd probably bounce it on to you with that and then Miami, they're coming up with a hot spell, but they've not got youth on their side in all their positions. You've, you've seen the comment that's just come in. I've not, it's, no. Imagine. Uh, Jets need to get Jimmy G. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I've not. I've, I've only just realised the comments were coming up. So Jags could easily trade down. This is from Armchair Commentary, whoever you out there. Nice to uh, – thank you for watching. Better value on draft day, in my opinion. Look at the AJ Brown deal last year. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. My colleague is dialed in with the Jets beat writers, and word is Mike White is likely to come in. McDaniels isn't going anywhere because the Rays are cash broke. They can't afford to cut him slash pay him out. Car statistics, sorry, stumbling over my words. Statistically, hasn't been the problem though, and the Jets need to get Jimmy G needed to get Jimmy G last offseason when they had the chance. I could get I, I could get behind that Jimmy G comment. They're like, yeah, well, if he's going to the Super Bowl this year, that's that's another thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not Jimmy, it's not Jimmy G was going was going to the Super Bowl with this team, was it? It was going to be it's it's their offense. Jimmy G is not making that offense tick, so to speak. Um, what do you, Byron as a as, as a as a Byron fan, as a Buffalo fan with the Jets in division, what do you think? Um, I think I think Jimmy G would be okay for them, and that is because he is, you know, arguably one of the best at throwing the check down. Before Brees Hall got injured, that's who you want. <laughs> Bubble screens, wide receiver screens. You, you've got Is... the players who are quick enough to do it. it. It works. I've always said he's a leader, isn't he? He's a leader and can lead a team. Yeah. Um, that's worth its weight in gold. Uh, Zach Wilson is arrogant and sporadic and looks for the the glory all the time. It's It, it doesn't work for me. Hey, but apparently Mike White, Mike White is likely to come in, uh, you know. It's okay. I'm just uh, currently texting one of our friends. We have a new friend in our group who has got into the NFL. He came to the NFL UK game. He's now trying to rob my game pass off me. He's become a San Francisco 49ers fan. He bought an Alex Smith 49ers vintage jersey over the weekend. Shout out to Dan Smith. This is what the NFL is all about. And it's getting more people into the game. It's actually like so cool for us that that's sort of happening that we've got like friends getting into football that we've been pals with for a long time and they're taking a real interest and uh, he's like tried to organize like date nights with me and him to watch the games it's it's incredibly cute i'm gonna have a a great time with him going forward it, and we've got to be a bit positive here andrew with some of the quarterbacks though over this weekend yeah definitely i mean uh we say positive people are, i've Byron, can we just can we clear this up first? Because Byron put it in the group. Why are we hating on? Why are we hating <laughs> on Fields after one game? We're not hating on him, Andrew. I just knew it would wind you up. Okay, so we're just winding me up. I was winding you up. That that I'll I'll allow that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some been some interesting games over the weekend. Um, the Chargers Chiefs game, I've not watched uh, unfortunately, but a lot of hate out there for Justin Herbert. It felt like on Twitter today. Have I have I missed something here? I think it's it's more the case. It's been like everyone always brings it up that he's great for fantasy, but mm. he can't he can't he can't win games. He can't lead mm. his team into 
uh, into winning positions. He can't. That we said before the season started. That's a stacked roster mm-hmm. on both sides, and he can't lead his team to victory um, despite being an absolute stat monster. <laughs> I am going to get something off my chest here because uh, we don't talk about it. We talk about him a little bit and I try not to talk about him too much, but I just want your two opinions on this, whether, how much of the game you watch. But I watched the start of the first quarter and then the next day I watched the 40-minute highlights of the Bengals-Steelers game, 37-30 to the Bengals. And... For the Pickett naysayers out there, I've watched this game and I really tried to concentrate on what Pickett was doing, Kenny was doing. Because a lot of people are going already like, Steelers could take a quarterback with the with the eighth pick or whatever we have. And do we have tr- confidence in him and stuff like that? I, I, I'm, I'm going to put out my view of it all, of, of what I saw in this Bengals game. Because I thought, that, I thought with TJ Watt coming back, this Bengals could be ours, the team could be ours to take because it's not been a good O-line and our, our defence is is really good in that front line, especially when TJ Watt is playing. However, what I said at the start of the year, the secondary's weak, that's how we'll get beaten, is how we got beaten, which is exactly right. But it was more the offense I was looking at because of Kenny Pickett. He cannot be judged on this year alone of how he'll be in going forward. And there's a lot of players on that team that I think is the same thing as well. Najee Harris is getting a lot of hate at the minute because Jalen Warren, every time he comes on, seems to have an explosion of, uh, of yards, which is, is good. But this O-line is not helping Harris. Najee Harris isn't doing enough and the O-line isn't helping him enough um, to make them yards either. I mean, Pickett is is making throws. I think he's missing throws. I don't think the, he's exactly tuned up with the wide receivers just yet. Go remember one of his wide receivers is a rookie as well in George Pickens, who has made some good plays. Um, I think Claypool going missing, okay, is a, a weapon less, but Claypool for me in the last few months really has just been a go down long try and get the flag every time and he's doing that in Chicago as well it feels like Johnson is a case of a great game bad game great game bad game no consistency there at all Pat, Pat Fry move every time he gets the ball in his hands makes plays he just gets the ball in his hands at the wrong times because he's also the safety valve for Kenny Pickett but this he cannot be judged on this year alone the O-line is not giving him enough the running game is weak we can't do anything on first down and it's getting too much pressure on first down. If we're getting three yards, it's not like we're getting, the, you know, we're not breaking away and getting the next first down. We, we struggle to make first downs and it gets the third, you know, we get the third and two or third and seven and the pressure is on picket to make them plays every time. And it's just not working for the Steelers. Now I'm not, I'm saying it's not working. I, I feel like it's building. That's why I think there is some building element to this. Um, uh, and and I, I think it will be Tomlin's. Well, it's definitely going to be Tomlin's first losing season with us. Not that I'm out on Tomlin either. I just think Pickett. We've got to play the patient game with him. I think he's if he's won the he's won the quarterbacks this year. Where I'm like, you cannot judge him on this year because there is so much going wrong, and he's getting so much pressure because of that. Because the O line's weak, and he's not helped in the run game, and his receivers are not helping him out either. Discuss. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I would don't think you can ever write off uh, a rookie off of one year uh, mm. unless they come out and they're just absolutely horrendous and horrible, which he hasn't been. Uh, he's just looked like a rookie. 
but I think 18 months, the transition from college to the NFL is not as difficult as it used to be. It's, it's the, you know, uh, there's a lot more better play and competitive play in college now. So I think you're not sitting on someone for years. You're putting them in. I think 18 months for me is what you've got to give a rookie to see what they can do. Um, and Kenny Pickett is definitely, for me, one of those guys that you go, look, there's something to work with here. There is things you like about him. Uh, let's see what he can do when we build around him. Because I've always said you've got some absolutely amazing pieces that are all really, really young. So to him to grow with them is, is fantastic. I think you picked the wrong quarterback in the wrong year. I think you went for the, the story rather than what was best for the team. But you've got to stick by that now because that's who you picked and you, you're not going to go through it again. You, you, there's no point in like abandoning ship now and doing the same again next year, giving 18 months uh, with a good backup. You should be, you should be fine. Um, I think Najee's playing with uh, that foot injury and I, don't, I think he's only started to recover the last two weeks. I think you've seen more out of him. I think that's because he's getting over that foot injury that he had and he should have rested when he had it uh, earlier in the year. Um, and it is just your O-line, isn't it? Because like we said, all of those receiving pieces, young and talented, that whole defence, especially when you've got what unstoppable, uh, needs a couple of uh, more in the secondary in rotation. You just haven't got depth there for me. Um, so, yeah, why not? You know, you might be stuck in a bit of a Daniel Jones situation where you like Pickett. He's not overly doing masses of things wrong, but he's not the guy. And you might be having that conversation at the end of his rookie contract, because I think that's that's what you've got with him. Um, so it's just whether he can he can progress. Um, and I'm giving him, like I say, I'm giving him 18 months to really prove when I want to make my decision of whether he's good or not. So for me, I'm 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 not going to judge him now. So neither should your franchise. Yeah, to be honest, there's not much more else I can say because he's pretty much you know nailed it. it. You've got to give him time to acclimatize. It's a new environment. He's learning a new playbook. He's learning how to play with a new team. Um, there really isn't much more to touch on. To be honest, he's pretty much said exactly what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, at 18 months. You've got to give him their first year. You, you have to. Um, you don't expect to throw anyone into a situation with that, that pressure. Um, you know, a franchise who, who's been good for the last sort of ten years. You know, they've lost their their veteran quarterback that have had that they've had for a long time. Um, you, you can't expect him to go in and, and be a superstar straight away. You, you shouldn't do that with any rookie, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, there's nothing more I can say on that really. Sorry, Byron. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> There will be a change up of the schedule this week over the Franchise Tag Podcast. The fantasy show will be on tomorrow night because Thursday is Thanksgiving and we have three really great games coming to you. Starting at 5.30 our time is the Bills, Buffalo Bills going to the Detroit Lions. Well, back to Detroit, I suppose. Already been there once uh, <laughs> already uh, this season. Um, the 9.30 kickoff is the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. And then the 20 past one game going from Thursday to Friday morning is the New England Patriots going to the Minnesota Vikings. A Bills fan in Byron and a Giants fan in Andrew. Quickly, Byron, are you feeling confident about going back to Detroit and getting the win here? Yeah, I am. 
I think Allen has been horrendous the last three games. But when you have an injury to your throwing arm, there's not much he can do, is there? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, it's affecting his head. I think he's going to come back. Uh, I think he's going to sort of go back to how we saw him at the start of the season. Um, I'm not worried about him at all. I do think we need someone uh, who's, who's open underneath. Uh, I think we had it with Cole Beasley, if only he wasn't uh, so controversial. Um <laughs> You know, I, I do think we need that that slot guy, and it's just not been utilised as much this season. Um, the Lions are playing well, but as you've seen this season, our run defence. You know, we've Chubb had 19 yards off 14 carries. When does that ever happen? Um, we held Derek Henry in check as well. I, I I think the Lions' run game will be a problem because they do have good running backs in Jamal Williams and. Uh, DeAndre Swift, but I, I think we'll come away with a victory. I, I do. Just on that, Byron, just in hindsight, do you think that when you've got a player as good as Allen and he is literally your whole team, and if he is out, then you're back to the drawing board, do you think you should have rested him and brought Keenum in and, and let him rest that shoulder? Because it has obviously plagued him for longer than the the week's rest that he had. Yeah, I think maybe we should have against the Vikings. Is it? Is it wasn't a conference game, um, but I think I think we definitely should have brought him in last week. Um, yeah, he got it. He got it in the Jets. I, I think we should have wrestled against the Vikings because it wasn't a conference game. Um, we lost anyway. I don't want to talk <laughs> about how we lost. That's that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know whether it hindered him. We're not we're not medical professionals. If they say it's not going to do any more damage, then it's not going to do any more damage. It might. Yeah, I think it might have just been his head. You know, trying to be a bit too cautious with it. Um, but I I always have I always have trust in him. Why why wouldn't I? I've seen how he's played over the last two years. You know, if <laughs> he and medical professionals say he's good to go, and then you let him crack on, he's good to go. Sportsmen that are at the top of their game are never going to say. I'm no. not good to go, are they? They're always no. going to be like, yeah, put me in. I can win yeah. this. You're going to put the, the this team on the, the back. Foot, this is the six foot five quarterback who trucks linebackers as well. There's no way <laughs> I'm not ready I to mean, go. <laughs> you, it's never in doubt that even if he missed one game, you're probably still going to, you're probably still going to qualify for the playoffs and have a run. Mm. I mm. wouldn't want my, uh, my beast of a quarterback <laughs> having any hindering going into the, no. uh, into the playoffs. So just, just one to think about really. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about your Giants against the Cowboys, Andrew? Because it's a, a tough game. That will be, I think. It'll be a really interesting game, actually. That might, that's probably going to be the game of the day for me. You know what? Everything goes out the window with, with, with form, with players, with ability. Who's the best player? Who's got the best record coming in? Who's got the momentum? When it's Giants-Cowboys, it's going to be a good game and anyone can win it. Um, mm. I think Giants losing to the Lions, we always knew that there was going to be a loss eventually. Um, and it's probably come at a good time for us to now bounce back and go, we need to, you know, climb down slightly off of the hype of how well we've done, go into the, the game against the Cowboys with a bit more to prove. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an excellent game because the Cowboys, I've, I've had question marks over them, but equally every time they go into a, a game that they need to prove themselves, they come out at the other end of it absolutely amazing. So it's going to be tough. It's, it, you've got to, someone's got to play well to win this. But like I said, it's, it's divisional rivalry. Well, 
massive rivalry. So yeah. uh, anyone wins that on the day, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a really good week of sport. Three games on Thanksgiving. You stay up late on Friday. You then wake up Friday and then we'll round to seven o'clock. England v the USA in the World Cup. What a few days are for. And then we've got more NFL of the week and more World Cup. Currently, yeah. um, Australia are beating France 1-0. So there could be an upset on the cards for France. But uh, World Cup fever has hit the UK for anyone who is uh, watching from all around the world. And obviously our great result against Iran. Long may it continue our uh, good form. But uh, until then, um, make sure you check out the Franchise Tag Podcast. Like I said, the fantasy show is going to be on tomorrow night now instead of Thursday or Friday like it usually is um, because we want to get the fantasy stuff for the Thanksgiving games. Um, so that should be good fun. And of course, our Sunday preview show coming up on the Sunday as well. Go and check that out. Um, until then, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Byron. And we'll see you all next week.